of our side. And, and you know what I thought about when I saw that is, uh, I, I thought about the fact that, you know, the word virgin, to be called a virgin in our society today can be an insult to somebody. Our society and our culture has got it so turned around, upside down, that to be called a virgin and to talk about virginity, it's an insult. And so tonight's message, it's called my virginity is not for sale. Now, and, and before I go into virginity and talk about those kind of things, I do want to let you know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> and, and, and this is just going to be a minute. <laughs> I do want to let you know that, you know what? I got to say this. Listen, listen, and this is, this is going to be, you know, if, and, and if the adults are, I think the adults will agree with this. And this is going to be the most deepest thing that I'm going to say in my message tonight. And then as soon as I say that, I'll, I'll be preaching, okay? I'll go back to the Bible. But listen, uh, sex is good. It is. I, I, listen, and, and you know what? And, and it, is, it is awesome. It is awesome. Okay, but listen. Our culture and our media and our society has got it so upside down. You know what, you know what Hollywood has done? That sex with the context of marriage has become so boring. You know how they portray sex in marriage? What they do is they have a, a, a man and a woman, you know, go to bed and just fall asleep. And that's it. They wake up in the morning, they smell, and they, they look all, you know, ugly. And, and you know what? Hollywood, when they did their survey, how to portray sex and family, they didn't call me to ask, you know, to ask for my opinion. It is good. Okay, but listen, only, only within the context of marriage. And so if you're thinking here, because I'm thinking, okay, why would the people be taking pictures of a sign that says, are you a virgin? They're probably thinking, all right, River Oaks is kind of weird. They're telling everybody to be a virgin. Ah, if you're married, uh, there was a church. I don't know if you guys heard this. And, and <laughs> I, if you're married, sex is good and it is beautiful. And it is something awesome to enjoy within the context of marriage. Within the context of marriage. Today I wanted to share six things of what is wrong with premarital sex. Okay? Six things, what is wrong with premarital sex? And then we got a whole bunch of examples. It's, it's just going to be good. But if you guys have a piece of paper and a pen, I want you guys to, to start getting this down, and, and we're just going to go through this pretty, pretty awesome. What is so bad about premarital sex? What is so bad about giving up your virginity to somebody who you're not going to get married to? All right, first, we're going to start with the Word of God, and, and, and number one is God said so. And you know, and I try to put some other ones in first place, you know, what's so bad about premarital sex, but no matter how much I tried, I always came back to the Bible because you know what, number one, Premarital sex is wrong because God said so. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, the Bible says this. Do you know that, the, that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in the body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. Listen, the moment you have sex with the person, in God's eyes, you become one flesh. Mm -hmm. that's, what the, that's what I read. Did I, did I just read that? Let me, let me reread that. Thank you, wife. <laughs> don't, don't I have a good wife? Come on. Thank you, honey. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6.16. Do, you know, do you know that he who unites himself with the prostitute is one with her in the body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. When the two, when two bodies are united, and in that act, they become one flesh in God's eyes. Let me read another scripture from you. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. The moment you have sex with somebody, you become one flesh. The only thing is you're doing it without the covering and blessing of God and the local church. The way God ordained it to be is when you come to the church, you're blessed in, through prayer. You're blessed uh, through the through, through the pastor and the person who's, who's doing the ceremony, and then you unite. That's, that's how God ordained it. So anytime you have premarital sex, the person who you're doing it, you're united in one flesh. And so why is premarital sex wrong? Because God said so. Number two, people who have premarital sex, by statistics, by statistics, are in greater greater percentage of them are in poverty. A greater percentage of them are in depression, and commit suicide. Now you might say, Russell, why are they? Why are people who have premarital sex? Why is a greater percentage of them in poverty? Let me explain it to you. Okay, do you guys know what uh, delayed gratification means? Or am I speaking too technical? I go to college. <laughs> There's something called delayed gratification. And when you delay your gratification, which is your sexual temptation, you train yourself. And so therefore, if a person can delay premarital sex, can delay sex until they are married, you know what this person has done? They have trained themselves to delay gratification. That same person is also going to be able to delay their gratification in financial issues. Why is so many people today in debt and credit card debts? You know why? Because they got no ability to control themselves. They've got no delayed, they cannot delay gratification. Anytime they see something nice, I'm just going to buy it on my credit card. Anytime they see something good, I'm just going to get it with my credit card. And you know what? A year or two later, they end up in debt. They, they end up foreclosing. They end up, you know, 
$10,000 worth of credit card debt. I think the statistics today say like such a huge percentage of people have an average of $9,000 worth of credit card debt. You know why? Because these people, they cannot delay their gratification. And so they end up being poor. Well, the same people that cannot delay their gratification for financial purposes are the same people that cannot delay their gratification, delay gratification, meaning delay their desire for, 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 for sex. And so people who have premarital sex or people who don't know how to control themselves and people who are going to end up in poverty. Somebody say, this is good. People who have premarital sex are people, greater percentage of them are in poverty, a greater percentage of them are depressed, and a greater percentage of them are suicidal. This is statistics. This is not something that I'm making up. This is statistics. Can you say statistics? Awesome. Number three, and I'm, I know I'm talking to a lot of people who are in high school, Union Jenks, and what's that? Broken arrow. <laughs> Come on. Listen, did you know that statistics say that 98% of the times, the person you date in high school will not be the person you marry? Some of you are probably thinking, uh-oh. <laughs> There's only a 2% chance that the person you're going to marry is the person you dated in high school. Means out of 100 people, only two people are going to marry the person they dated in high school. Well, guess what? If you're having premarital sex and you're giving up your virginity to somebody in high school because you think, ah, I'm in love and he loves me and she loves me and... And she's so good, and, and, and he's so good, and he's the bomb, and, and she's so pretty. Listen, listen, most often than not, you're going to give up your virginity to somebody who you're not going to get married to. And you know what the danger of that is? When you give up to your virginity to somebody else besides who you marry, you're setting up yourself for a lifelong comparison. The person that you do get married to, when you get into an intim intimate relationship, you're always going to have that comparison to go back to. Which is, which is pretty drastic, pretty sad. Understanding that only 98% that 98% of all relationships in high schools break up. Only 2% get married. Number four. People who have premarital sex give up their virginity before they get married are far more likely to get divorced. Listen to this statistic. Women who have premarital sex increase their odds of divorce by about 80%. I should be hearing some wows. I mean, it, it took me a while to find the statistics, guys. 
Listen to this. You guys know what cohabitating couples are? People who live together before they get married. I, I, I'm, I mean, I, I, I'm so against that. Listen to what statistics say. Only one in ten cohabitating couples survive five or more years of marriage. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> Man, thank you, brother. Only one in ten cohabitating couples who decide, all right, I'm just going to live in with her and, 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 you know, enjoy, and I'm not going to delay my gratification. And then eventually we get married, only one in ten of those kind of couples. And, and what the, what's the percentage today of couples cohabitating? Huge. Only one in ten of those couples survive five years or longer. Should be telling us something. Listen to this, and uh, guys and girls, this is, this is serious stuff. Listen, statistically, the more sexually involved you are before marriage, the more likely you are to commit adultery after marriage. Makes you, yeah, thank you. Makes you want to think. Makes you want to think before you get married, who are you getting married to? Are you marrying a person who doesn't know how to delay gratification? If you are, I think again. I think again. Listen, and, and, and if you would ask me a question, if I would allow a question and answer session, and I know, I know that probably one of the first questions I would get is, Russell, what if, what if I had premarital sex? Is that something that I have to reveal to my wife? And I know there's different opinions. And I know the blood of Jesus can set us free and wash us and, and make us new. But you know what? I'm of the belief, I'm of the opinion that, that you do have to tell your, your, if you're, you know, your fiancé that if you did have premarital sex, I, I think in a way you need to disclose it. Because sooner or later it will come up. Sooner or later. You don't need to go into the details, but... I think, I think you do need to have a serious conversation that, hey, listen, there was a part of my life where I wasn't walking right before God. And so, um, you know, I just want to reveal that to you that uh, uh, there are some things that I did that I do regret and I have repented for and I haven't done. But it is something that you will have to, I believe you will have to share because sooner or later it will come up. It will get revealed and it's much, much better for, for both of you to know now then five years from now when you're married and you have three kids that you find out and then eventually you, you want to split up because you didn't know all the, all the answers. The more sexually involved you are before marriage, the more likely you are to commit adultery after marriage. Now listen to this. Those who cohabitate, statistics say they are less likely to get married. Only 26% of women and 19% of men married the person they were living with. What does that say? That says the people who cohabitate, they move in with each other, they live with each other, they give, they give up virginity to each other, then eventually they get married to somebody else. 
And then we say, how come there's such a high divorce rate? You know, how come we have such family problems? There it is, my friends. There's no big surprise, no big secret. Reason number five why we don't have premarital sex is it can lead to pregnancy outside of marriage. Some of you say, no, you know, we've learned about things that we can do to prevent pregnancy. Did you know that statistics say that those things, the failure rates on those are from 3 to 36%? And with teen teenagers, the failure rate is as high as 36%. Average. Typical users, the estimate failure rate is 14 percentage, 14 pregnancies out of 100 users in one year. Guess what? Not only do you put your life out of balance and in danger, you put your baby in a situation to where your family is not going to be healthy. You bring your baby into the world to where the, into a family that's not secure. That's not safe and that's not going to, a family that will not be able to provide everything that a baby needs for, for a healthy family life. Number six, and I, you probably heard all this in school, is that premarital sex, and if you give up your virginity and to, to, to a whole bunch of other people, you, you have premarital sex, it can lead to health issues, issues like STDs. Today in America, 65 million people have an incurable STD. Incurable. Listen, listen to this. One in four girls are infected with at least one of the four main STDs. One in four. Listen to this. Every year, three million young girls, young people, are infected with one of the 60-odd sexually transmitted diseases. There are, there are like five or six STDs that I kind of looked into. Uh, chlamydia, a disease or an STD that can cause you to never have babies, can lead to infertility. Three million people have, are infected with this every year. Herpes, it's a virus that remains in your body for the rest of your life. And you know that herpes can pass on to your baby. My wife told me that if people have herpes, they can cause their baby to die. My wife, she works in the NICU unit. She sees all kinds of pregnancies. And sometimes she comes, comes home and, and, you know, and just shares, hey, we have, we have this such a baby that you know, this and this is wrong. And, and, and I ask her, honey, how come? And very often the answer is STDs, diseases like herpes. And do you know that herpes can be passed on even without a condom? Genital warts, one million new cases a year. There's no treatment for it. Genital warts can also lead to cancer. Gonorrhea, did you know there's two million new cases every year? Condom doesn't help. It also passes on. It also leads to infertility and AIDS. Do you know that there's 40 to 50,000 new cases a year in America for AIDS? 
and half of those cases are people of under 25 years old. Listen, you might think that he loves you. Or you might think, okay, this is the one. She really loves me. And you give up, and you go as far enough to give up your virginity to that person. You don't know who that person has been with. That person, maybe three years ago or two years ago, gave up his virginity only to one person, one other person, who that other person has had sex with a whole bunch of other times and has gotten some incurable STDs. Listen, all of a sudden now you, you are struggling with it. One time. One time. All it takes is, is, is you lowering your standard and saying, okay, I will, I will give up my virginity to somebody. Listen, you're probably giving up your virginity to somebody who's, who's had sex before. And who knows with whom. Now, I'm talking about these six things that are, that are bad or negative about premarital sex. And you might say, you know what? But everybody's doing it. Tonight, I'm here to tell you, listen, that's, that's wrong. Do you know that in high school, everybody's not doing it? Statistics say that by the time teens graduate, most of them are not involved in premarital sex. It's a lie that everybody's doing it. It's a, it's a cultural lie that they, they want you to believe that it's okay. Now listen, you will feel pressure in a society and culture and, and, and a, in a sexually driven society that we live today. You will feel pressure to give up your virginity. For example, on the prom night, you go out with somebody and, and, and he pays for the limo and and you guys have such a great time, and you, and, and you go to his parents' house, and his parents are gone away for, for the weekend. And, and you know what? And, and, and he wants to have sex, and you, you feel pressured thinking, hmm, but, but he paid for everything. And he's, he's so good to me. He's so good that maybe I should just give it up. Today I wanted to con confront you and ask you, to deal with that pressure. Don't, don't, go, don't, don't accept that pressure and fall in, into that pressure and, and give up your virginity to somebody who's, who you're not going to be living with for the rest of your life. I wanted to ask you to make a couple commitments tonight about the area of, of sex and sexual purity and virginity. Last Sunday and, and tonight we've been talking about sexual purity and dealing with that and there's a couple commitments that I wanted and, and, and all this that we've been talking about I've been leading up for you to make a couple commitments. First commitment is young people I want you to establish your own standard. What you will do and what you will not do. Write it down. There's somebody that, that uh, I, uh, a speaker that goes around and, and she said her standard is no ringing, no dinging. <laughs> Listen, if that's what it takes, write it down. Listen, number one, establish your standard and write it down. Number two, young people, do not go into a room 
or into a house alone if you know nobody's there and you're just with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Do you know that most, most people who, who lose their virginity end up doing so in a home while the parents are gone away? Most people lose their virginity on something called date rape. Most people lose their virginity not in a place to where, you know, they, they go to Hawaii and, and they lose it there. It happens in their own home when the parents are gone. So number one commitment that I'm asking you to make is establish a standard, write it down. Number two, make sure your standard includes to not be alone with somebody in a house that you know nobody else is there with the opposite sex. Number three, abstain from any activity that, uh, that sexually arouses you that can lead to sexual intercourse. Listen, sex does, doesn't just happen like that, you know? Everything drops and, and here you have, you have intercourse. You don't plan to have sex the first time, virginity. The way you lose marriage, unless, you know, you get married on the first night, yeah, you, you do plan for it. You, you talk about it for a year or two or five and... And you hope the Lord doesn't come before you get married. And <laughs> I've been there and done all that, you know. <laughs> I was talking to some guys and, you know, talking about marriage. And they're like, man, yeah, I, I just hope the Lord doesn't come before I get married. You know, that's it. One night, you know, if I'm married for one day, that's enough. And that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. But, but most people who do give up their virginity before getting married, they don't plan to give up their virginity. All right, in, in a week and a half, that's when I'm going to give it up. It happens, it happens, you know how it happens? Young people get together and, and they start doing things that sexually arouses them and they just, and then comes a time that they just, they can't find the break and they lose their virginity. You need to stay away as far as possible from those things that are going to sexually arouse you. Let me tell you a story. We were in India and in, the, in India people drive crazy not only do they drive on the left side of the no, they say they drive on the left side of the road in reality there are no sides you know they just drive wherever they can and there's cows in the middle of the road and if you knock down a car when you're driving you you literally will pay a price higher than killing a person because cows are gods and and i mean india the, the driving conditions are bad and so we were going into a part of India that's called, it's, it's in the middle of India, and it's a, kind of a jungle part. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of small groups who never heard the gospel, a lot of persecution. And we were going into deep India, Chhattisgarh State. And when you drive through that part of India, there's a lot of hills, and there's a lot of, um, you know, when you're driving up a hill, there's a lot of uh, cliffs. So we were going to hire a taxi driver for you know, to drive us around from India, you know, in India. Maybe we were going to hire a taxi driver. We said, okay, we would come up to a taxi driver and tell us, we'd be like, all right, tell me how your driving is. And one taxi driver would be like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm really fast. I will drive 70 kilometers an hour. I mean, I'm pretty fast. I will, I will race all the cars. I'll get you there early. We go to the second guy. He's like, man, I'm even faster. I'll drive you 80 miles an hour. And, you know, I can drive really close to the cliffs, and I can drive around cars and cows. I have great experience. 
All right, we, we leave and we go to the third taxi driver. And he's like, dude, I drive 100, 100 kilometers an hour. I'm, there's no faster taxi driver than me. I, I can drive an inch from the cliff. And you know what we said? Nah, not this guy. We went to a fourth guy and he said, ah, I'm the safe guy. You know, I just, I, I drive fi- as far away as possible from the cliff. And, and you know, I, I'll get you there maybe late, but I'll get you there safe. That's the guy we hired. That's the guy we hired because I wanted to get married, you know, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> Listen, you know what? The person you will hire to be your taxi driver is not the person who's going to be, you know, who can drive by the cliffs as close as possible. The person who's going to drive away from the cliff as far as possible. Listen, when you're in a relationship, get away from those activities as far as possible that are going to, that are, that are, you know, right there by the cliff. Don't hang around with those people who want to lead you right, right to that cliff. You know, they're, they're, the, 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 the activities that they're going to be doing with you, they, they lead you right, right to the cliff. You know, you're, you're almost, almost doing it, but you're not doing it. You know what I mean? Specifically in those kind of situations, that's when you lose your virginity. With the type of people who are taking you right over to the cliff. You need to stay away as far as possible from things, from, from activities that sexually arouse you that can lead to premarital sex and you giving up your virginity. Young people know that love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. Love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. If you're thinking that, you know, you've got some feelings towards somebody and and, you know, uh, I feel like he loves me, and, and I feel like I love him, then I guess it's okay to have sex. Listen, love ain't a feeling. Love is a decision. You decide. You make a decision whom you want to invest your whole life into, whom you, whom you want to spend the rest of your life with. And if you live by feelings, and you allow you to think, okay, just because I have feelings for somebody, that means we can have premarital sex. Listen, that's, that's wrong. Don't allow your feelings for somebody lead you to losing your virginity. Next, young people, waiting is a test of true love. You guys saw the sign, my virginity is not for sale. Waiting is a test of true love. The person who you're with, if, if they can't wait, then you know what you got to ask? yourself or do they really love you or are they just being driven by lust because there's a difference between love and lust waiting is a test of true love if you're dating with somebody and 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 me and my wife they were you know we were part of a conservative church in seattle so our church doesn't allow, you know, they, they say young people shouldn't even hold hands before they get married. You, you know, but <laughs> some people say that. Others, you know, there was, a, there was a time where, you know, when I started to date my wife, we didn't even hold hands. Listen, and, and uh, of course, eventually we, we did, and we continue to hold hands every day. We hold hands more than anybody else. <laughs> we fall asleep holding hands. <laughs> Listen. If you're dating with somebody and, and do this, you know, if, if they're so fired up that, you know, uh, say, hey, you know, I, 
let, let's not hold, let, you know, we're not going to hold hand for, hands for one day. And, and they just say, ah, forget you. Listen, then, then maybe, maybe this person doesn't really, doesn't really love you. If they can't wait for one day. But even deeper than, than holding hand or, or kissing, premarital sex. You know, if, if you feel like they're going to dump you if you don't give up your virginity to them, this is the person you must run away from. They ain't worth your time. Because sooner or later, they're going to dump you. You know what? And it could be five years later when you have three kids or four kids with them or two kids. You know, this is Americans. We're not speaking Russians. Eight kids. <laughs> Ten kids. <laughs> Sergey, how many, how many kids in your family? Twelve kids. Anybody more here, Russian? Dad, 16. Come on. Anybody else? <laughs> Listen. Now, we, we've changed. It's, it's, it's okay. Don't, don't worry, those of you that are kind of dating and are Russian, don't worry about it. You're not gonna, he's not going to make you have 10 kids. <laughs> Listen. Waiting is a test of true love. Last thing I want to say is don't settle for less than God's perfect will. Do you know that you can be living out of the will of God? Sometimes people say, oh, how come, you know, this and this happened to my life? How come this, this and this, you know, happened over there? How come bad things happen to good people? How could this evil thing have happened to me? You know, you could be living out of the will of God. I don't know if any of you have seen videos, you know, they, they, there's questions. How come, you know, there was shooting in a school? Or how come there was this or this? And, and there was a video that says, you know what, God says, listen, because I ain't allowed in school. I'm not allowed in schools, that's why. Listen, you can be living out of the will of God. God allows you. He gave you free choice, free will. You can be living in His will or you can be living out of His will. My challenge to you is don't settle less than God's perfect will. Because outside of God's perfect will, that's where, that's where all these issues will come up. Problems, conflicts, God's perfect will. You're going to be able to go through these things because both of you are committed to God. The question to how to overcome the temptation of losing your virginity is written in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would like. Listen, within you, there's a, there's a spiritual man and there's a physical man. And the Bible says they fight against each other. And you know who's going to win? The one that you feed. The one that you feed. I shared a story with our youth and I want to share, share this with you guys tonight about... A man in, in Siberia, in Chukotka, in Russia, where it is very, very cold, right across, across from Alaska. 
it's, I mean, it's, it's cold. It's negative 50, 60 degrees uh, Celsius. And we're talking about cold stuff. Cold. Anyways, and, and people that are very poor, you know, because, I mean, how do you make money in, in, you know, where it's so cold? But there's one man in Chukotka, he makes a lot of money. He is good. The way he makes money is that on Saturday, one, one Saturday, he goes out on the market and he brings two dogs with him. One dog kind of looks, you know, pretty big, pretty chubby, kind of strong. The other dog looks kind of weak. He hasn't eaten for a couple days. This man goes out on the market and he says, listen, ladies and gentlemen, next week these two dogs are going to fight each other. You can bet your money on which dog is going to win. Guess what happens? All the people gather up their last change thinking, huh, look at that dog. He kind of looks stronger. Because one dog does look stronger, one looks weaker. They say, yeah, this dog looks stronger. Let's put all our money on this stronger dog. And so all the people, they bet their money on the strong dog. And they say, okay, next Saturday, these two dogs are going to fight. For the next week, the man, you know what he does? The dog that kind of looks stronger, he doesn't give him any food. He doesn't give him any water. I mean, he just, he just leave, leaves him locked up in a cage, nothing to eat, nothing to drink. But the dog that looked kind of weaker, he gives him prime ribs. I mean, he gives him the best meat that he can find. He, he, he orders it from, uh, from Outback Steakhouse. I mean, good stuff. He feeds him pretty good. And you know what? After a week, the dog that looked kind of really weak, because he's been eating ribs and he's been eating some good food, you know, he's gained his muscle. He's gained his strength. I mean, he's been eating some good food. He, he, got, he got pretty chubby. But the dog, who kind of looked stronger in the beginning, for the whole week, because he hasn't been eating food, he can barely, he, he can't even get up. He's got no strength. He's got no muscles. He's, he's lost everything that he had. And this man, he takes the two dogs, brings them out on the market, and says, all right, people, here are the two dogs. They're going to fight each other. And you know what? The dog that hasn't eaten for a whole week, he loses. The dog who's been feed, uh, you know, the dog who's been eating for a whole week, he wins. And all the people lose their money. This man becomes richer and richer. And here next Saturday, he does it again. The moral story of this is, is listen, inside of you, there's these two dogs. The spiritual dog, the spirit side of you, and the flesh side of you. And the Bible says for you to overcome the fleshly man, you got to feed the spirit man. Listen, if you don't read the word of God, if you don't stay in the word of God, sexual temptation will overcome you and you will be overcome by this, by this society, by this culture. You will give up your virginity to somebody you don't want to give up your virginity to. But if you feed your spirit, man, you stay in the word of God, you stay in the local church, you, you pray, you, you devote, you have devotions, you're, you're, living, you're living before God, you're worshiping God, you're feeding your spiritual man. And anytime the fleshly man tries to attack you, you've got a whole bunch of muscles in you. And you can just knock him down. Inside of you, there's, 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 the Bible says there's a fleshly man inside of you and a spirit man 
And the way to overcome the fleshly man is to build up the spirit. And listen, every time you're building up the spirit, you're feeding the spirit man, you're not feeding the fleshly man. Every time you allow yourself to watch a movie, go on a website that isn't, that isn't good, guess what you're doing? You're feeding the, 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 the fleshly man. You're not feeding the spirit man. My last example, and, and when we're talking about sexual purity, my last example that I wanted to share. And, and, and I hope, uh, maybe you guys have seen a drama on this or a play on this, or maybe you've heard about this, but if you haven't, this example is cool. It's radical. It's pretty awesome. Say, this is cool. You have one heart to give. Okay? You have one heart to give. You were born with the perfect heart. But listen, every time, every time you become one flesh with somebody, every time you have sexual intercourse with somebody, you become one flesh with them. And a part of your heart is left there. Let's say you're a young person going to high school and on prom night you just... You're just overcome by temptation and you give up your virginity. That piece of heart, the Word of God says, and, and your experiences will never be whole again. That piece of heart is always be with that person whom you gave your virginity up to. Say a, a year or two later, you, you, know, you finally find that perfect guy or that perfect girl and, you, you know, and you're tempted by... by, by Sex again, and, and you know, he says, Hey, if you truly love me, you'll do this. And, and you're overcome by that temptation, and you give you another piece of your heart away to that, that person again. And he dumps you, you know, two days after you guys have sex, and here you are left again. Six months later, again, you're, you meet that perfect one, Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, and, and again, you guys kick it off, and, and you know what? And, and and you guys also have intercourse. Finally, you get out of high school, you go through college, and you find that person that you want to marry. You come to the altar. You come to the church. Guess what? This is what you're giving to him. That's all that you can give him. Because the other pieces of your heart were given away to somebody else. When you're standing at the altar, you're holding your hand, holding her hands, looking into her eyes and saying, I do. You're giving her just a piece of your heart. Because the other piece has been given away to somebody else. Now, I know God can restore. And listen, and if in your life, I'm speaking to you and you're saying, you know what, I've, I've given up my virginity already. Listen, there is hope. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is restoration. And if you need, do need that, I challenge you, if you need to talk to somebody, Pastor Harold is here, always. 
I am here. Give me a call. If you need somebody, we can help you out with that and, and, and just lead you to the cross. There is power in the blood of Jesus to forgive and to restore. Listen, it's better to stop now than stop later. It's better to stop ripping your, your, your heart now than ripping more pieces of your heart away. So if, you, if you're at the point to where you've messed up, there is restoration. But my challenge to you is, listen, you will never be the same. You will never be the same when you give up your virginity. You will never be able to, if you haven't given up your virginity, listen, you will never be able to, to become a virgin again. Once you, once you lose it, you've lost it. You've lost it. Now, of course, I mean, let me go back to the cross because it's so important. There was a time when Apostle Paul, how many of you have heard of Apostle Paul? He's a great man of God, and, and today in the morning, uh, those of you who saw the video, Ilya, he was the one in the video. Go on, wave your hand. <laughs> yeah, he was the one in the video right there, this guy. All right, thank you, you can sit down. Anyway, so this guy, Apostle Paul, he persecuted Christians. He hated Christians, he he did a lot of harm to Christians. But guess what? Many years later, he writes to the Corinthians, and he says, you know what? And I think in chapter 7, verse 2, he says, I've never hurt any one of you. I've never committed harm to any one of you. And I'm reading that thinking, Apostle Paul, yes, you have. Remember 15 years ago? Remember you were standing by Steve, Stephen, and, and, and he, was, he was martyred because, because of you? Remember how you, you, you were so persecuting Christians and you were killing Christians right and left? Don't you remember? You know, the blood of Jesus made him a new man. And he was able to say, you know what? I've, I've never done any harm to you, to the Christians. Why? Because the blood of Jesus changed his heart, changed his life. There is restoration at the, at the cross. And, if, and if, you've, if you've gotten in trouble, you need to deal with it. You need, to find a, you need to find a person who you're going to be accountable to. You need to find somebody that's going to lead you to, to be restored. But my challenge again to people who have not lost their virginity, listen, if, I can, if there's anything that I can challenge you to do is keep that, which is the most precious thing that you can give to your future spouse, which is your whole heart. Which is your whole heart. Let's ask us to stand to our feet. Time is kind of, kind of running. As we run, as we, as we end our our, our message on sexual purity. You guys remember part one a little bit, right? What were we saying to to the guys? Cold turkey. Who said that? I want to give you ten bucks. <laughs> Just kidding. Part one. We were speaking about. Keeping yourself pure and, and, and guys, we were speaking to you about being cold turkey with your eyes. Ladies, we were talking to you about the fact that you are beautiful. You don't need this culture to tell you that you need something else to make you beautiful. The way you are. You don't need somebody to fulfill you. You are complete the way you are. And tonight, young people, I'm challenging you. Aim for God's perfect will. Aim for God's perfect will and your sexual purity. 
God has a great plan for you. Listen, if you're not married, if you keep yourself holy, trust me and trust God. God will give you a good man and a good woman. If you're a lady, he'll give you a good man. If you're a man, he'll give you a good woman. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, time will come. You will get married, and you will get to enjoy that which God has made. And he has made it wonderful, but only with the context of marriage. Today, I wanted to pray for each and every one of you individually. I wanted to just ask God that God's hand may be upon you, that he may give you strength to overcome temptation. That he may give you strength to overcome that, this culture that is so sexually driven and, and just wants you to lay it all down. I want to pray that your heart, your body may be protected by our Heavenly Father. Let's pray tonight. Jesus, as we end two, two Sundays of speaking about sexual purity and, and temptations, something that your word speaks about a lot, and something that living in our culture and our society is something that we have to deal with. Father, we thank you that we are not alone. That you are there to help us. That you are there to restore and forgive us. But at the same time, strengthen us. Lord, I want to pray for every young man in this room. Lord, I want to pray that you may give him strength to live cold turkey. Father, I pray that you may give him strength, Lord, to, to not be tempted by, by lust. Father, I want to pray for every young woman tonight as well, Lord, that they may know that they are, they are beautiful in your sight. Lord, and they don't, have to, they don't have to give up their virginity just to be loved by some, some guy. Father, I want to pray for each young person individually here today who's that you may give them strength, Father, to keep their virginity sacred. Lord, I pray that each young person in here tonight, soon and very soon, will find the, 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 the person whom, whom they, their heart truly loves, and, and they will get married, and they have a good family life. But Father, intend, until then, Lord, I pray that your, your spirit may protect them from sin, protect them from evil. Lord, if there's somebody here tonight who has fallen already, who has given up to that temptation, I pray, God, that you may reveal yourself to them, especially tonight, in a special way, as a God who can restore them, as a God who can forgive them, as a God who, who can turn their life around and make their future bright. I pray that prayer tonight in the name of Jesus. And God, all God's people said, Amen. We're going to sing one more song. Oh, hallelujah.
going to get a couple announcements, and then we're going to ask, uh, uh, we're going to have our final prayer. Our next big youth night, listen, what we're going to have is the last Sunday of every month in the evenings, we're going to have these big nights. Now, I know the first Sunday we had a lot more people here, so I know we can do better. Listen, next Sunday, the last, next time we're having it, though, is April 27th. We have a youth group coming from Springfield, Missouri. Okay, they were supposed to be here this Sunday, but I think they had like a baptism or something that they, it just didn't work out for them, and so they canceled it like maybe four days ago. So next, April 27th, we have a youth group coming here from Springfield, Missouri. We're working with some of the local churches here to have, to have a whole bunch of other youth here, so put it down in your calendar. We're going to have it here, April 27th, all right? And it's going to be good. Um, Alex, thank you guys for coming again. So. We really enjoyed uh, being at you youth group, what, two weeks ago or three? And, and some of the ladies want to go back. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think some of the parents want some of the <laughs> young people to go back too. <laughs> Anyways, so we'll work that out. But, hey, we had, a, we had a phenomenal time at you guys' youth group. Thank you for coming out tonight as well. Um, April 27th, put it in your schedule. Uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Invite your friends. Um, if there's a topic that you guys want me to talk about, uh, we, might have, uh, we might have some guest speakers as well, a little bit, maybe some other youth leaders. But if there's a specific topic that you guys want me to share about, 10, 15 minutes, anything. <laughs> as you guys can see, anything goes with me. All right, if, you want, if you need me to talk about it, I'll talk about it. You know, I, I will talk about it. Whatever, whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart, just let me know, and it, it'll be awesome. Anyways, um, we, are, we are done. We're going to have a prayer, and then afterwards, we're just going to have a fellowship. There's, there's good food, really good food, and there's, uh, there's awesome activities. Get to know each other. Thank you for coming out. I appreciate it. Those of you that are here first time, we thank you so much for coming out. Our youth, we gather three times a week. Our youth, we gather Sunday mornings for Sunday, uh, for Sunday school, 9.30. We have a great time. Uh, last couple Sundays, we've been doing Jeopardy, and it's been good. Um, Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, we gather together, and every Wednesday, we're leaving somewhere. We're going somewhere. Last Wednesday, we were at John 3.16. It's pretty good. We got to share in the chapel a little bit, and we served food. And every Wednesday, we're going out somewhere. I think this Wednesday, we're probably going to be going to a hospital if that person is still in the hospital by Wednesday. So this Wednesday, we'll be going to the hospital. If you guys want to join us anytime Wednesday, you know. And, uh, so Wednesday nights, we're going out places. Sunday mornings, we got Bible study. Sunday evenings, we're working on these, and we're doing some other events, which is, uh, you know, times that you guys can join us. Sunday mornings, our service is at 1030, and it's uh, pretty awesome as well. All right, let's have an ending prayer here. Hey, how about the worship team tonight? Can we give them a little applause? Yeah. All right. And Brother Russell, great message tonight. Let's give him a round of applause. And just so you hear it again, guys, uh, everything that Russell said tonight, you know, you may just think, well, he's quoting statistics and stuff. I'm a little bit older than Russell, and I've seen a lot of this stuff go on. You know, there were kids in my high school, got pregnant early, had to get married, many of them divorced. You know, they've had struggles because of some of the early choices they made. I was one of the lucky ones that made, about, made it out of high school a virgin. And what I'm telling you right now, I grew up in the 80s, junior high, high school, and every pop movie back then was making fun of virgins and saying, oh, no, you're not cool if you're not into premarital sex. Well, you know, I didn't buy into it then, 
and you guys don't have to buy into it now. You can do it. You can make it out of high school a virgin. You can make it out of college a virgin. You can make it to your marriage day and say, I saved myself for you. And I think that's a great goal. You guys can do it. You know, say you can't. Set those goals. Go for them. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to everything you hear in, in the movies and music. You can make it. Trust me. you got to say you can. All right. Uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for everyone who made it here tonight. Thank you for the young people, and we just pray that they just took in Russell's message. They're going to live their life for you, and they're going to make the right choices in their life. We just thank you so much once again for the worship team and all they've done for us. We just ask that you bless this food we're about to receive. Help us have wonderful fellowship, Lord, and just bring everybody back again next time. Help them bring a friend. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.